Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Care Centers, you'll get a $75 prepaid Visa card when you spend $250 on Napa brake parts, which is cause to celebrate. Because normally the sound of screeching brakes means your bank account's about to take a hit. But getting $75 back makes that hit not so bad. Quality parts installed by the pros. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Care Centers. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 6 What if a nursing college cared for its students the same way nurses cared for their patients? What if the focus was on keeping students in, not weeding them out? What would happen? Something extraordinary. Join us, and together we can make a difference. Chamberlain University College of Nursing. Extraordinary care, extraordinary nurses. Attend an open house at Chamberlain's Jacksonville campus Tuesday, April 3rd, anytime between 3.30 and 5.30 p.m. Register now at chamberlain.edu. Welcome to the Tour Junkies Fantasy Golf Podcast presented by 18 Birdies, the most downloaded golf app in the App Store. This is the Masters 2018 DFS Podcast. Let's get on it. What's up, golf addicts? Thanks for downloading the Tour Junkies Podcast for the Masters DFS episode. This episode is all about Picking your lineups for DFS contests, both on DraftKings and Fantasy Draft for the Masters 2018. Myself and Pat Perry are going to break down our picks, key stats, um, ownership information. We're going to talk about specifically lineup construction, strategy, and picks for the Millie Maker, for other smaller GPPs on DraftKings, for cash games on DraftKings, and for the $25 Tour Card GPP over on Fantasy Draft. So we talk specifically regarding those contests. You don't want to miss that. But I'm really excited. We have three celebrity guest interviews on this show. They're each about five to seven minutes long. We have Paul Tesori, PGA Tour caddy for 17-plus years, Gino Benelli, PGA Tour caddy, and George Bryan, the brother of Wesley Bryan. They're all going to give you their sleeper, their fade, and their pick to win the Masters. It is a jam-packed show. This is a great one. You'll want to be sure and also check out the betting podcast, One and Done, an alternate format podcast, over on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is presented by 18 Birdies, as always, the best golf app in the game when you're playing real golf the best way to keep your own stats gps um and just it's just a great game for betting with your friends and buddies and all that good stuff so thanks again for downloading the show we hope you enjoy and may your screens be green What up, golf addicts? It is the Masters 2018 DFS podcast. I'm David Barnett of the Tour Junkies. Pat Perry, what it is, man? What is happening, man? I am so freaking pumped. Woo! Freaking Masters 2018. We are we are at the first major of the year, a tradition unlike any other, and also a tradition unlike any other for the tour junkies is podcast juice. Pat, what's your podcast juice tonight? Because we're doing two podcasts tonight. We're doing the DFS show, which is right now we're going to do the betting preview show. What's uh, what's the podcast use of choice? We got a long night ahead of us. Well, yeah, we got a long night, and I'm nestling in, so I have got a cooler of beer sitting right next to me. <laughs> Which is a first. <laughs> you, it is a get, first for the bucket? show. 
You got a bucket uh, on ice there? What what kind of beer we got? I am drinking a, um, you know what, celebrating our great state of Georgia, I am drinking uh, a Terrapin Golden Ale. Terrapin Ooh. is a, uh, is a uh, brewery out of Athens, Georgia, where I went to school. Everybody knows that. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be the... Uh, that's going to be the podcast juice for this show. Maybe not the betting show. I may switch over to some vino for that show because we're going to get a little crazy in that one. I, I told my wife because uh, we had a little we had a little a little night the other night, and uh, I didn't sleep well after. I told my wife as I get older, my alcohol palate is getting more and more narrow on as to what I can tolerate. You know, like I was up the other night just heartburn like no other it's just it's it's a it's a sad it's a sad thing my body can basically now handle beer and vodka like and a little bit of bourbon if i'm if i'm responsible if i if i if i push it with the bourbon it gets really bad but uh so tonight i am i'm in it for the long haul along with you so i got a little tito's a little soda and some lime it's fresh it's light so that way i won't get sleepy but uh, hopefully it'll do the trick. So Nice. That's the podcast juice tonight. We have a jam-packed show tonight, Pat. Uh, we're going to get into a lot of stuff. But before we do, you just had one heck of a finish over in Houston with Ian Poulter, who last week just misses his first invite to the Augusta National in quite some time by falling number 51 in the World Golf Rankings, top 50 get in. <laughs> He misses it and then goes to Houston, shoots a, like a 74 first round, and then just goes unconscious for the last three days. Wins in a playoff against Bo Hostler, the Texas native. Um, just a phenomenal ending. He goes all Ryder Cup mode, pounding the chest, screaming and yelling. You know, he is a villain, but man, the guy has had some clutch moments in his life, that's for sure. Yeah, he he. That was just an incredible victory. You know, I kind of had to feel you, you had to feel for Bo Hossler. I mean, you know, come, he kind of just royally effed up the uh, the playoff. Well, young but, guy, his time will come. His yeah, time it'll will come. come. It's he's a good just, learning a experience. Great player. Um, you know, so I think, and it was good to see. I, I don't know. I'm not the biggest hater of of Poults. I mean, I I don't know. I think he's probably a little bit misunderstood. I guess, but. You know, whatever. I mean, he likes to show off his cars and do all that kind of stuff. Nah. Yeah. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see. Do you think he'll get added to the field? Well, of course. Yeah, he's in the field. No, no, he's... I mean in, I mean in like, oh, DFS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. DraftKings is going to add uh, Monday, and, and as will Fantasy Draft. Uh, they'll, they'll all be added. Well, Poulter will be added Monday. And then, because DraftKings still hasn't added the other three from last week, I believe. So, Reevee, Fratelli, and Cam Smith have not been added on DraftKings. They are on Fantasy Draft right now. Okay. So. Well, you know, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what Poults is priced at. I mean, he's obviously been playing really well. He now jumped up, I think, to uh, 39th in the world. So yeah. that, it'll, we'll see what happens with him. But um, he's been well, putting lights out. So. If you follow the tour junkies and you listened last week, the bigger news was not who won, but what did Sam Saunders do. Mm. And I am happy to say Sam Saunders finished 72nd. I think that's I think that's a win for me. 
everybody know about that. Everybody's I mean, tweeting me on freaking Thursday when he's like tied for sixth. Everyone's tweeting me. You're texting me. Ben Little's texting me. All these people are all over me, and I and I just in silence. I you know, yep, I took my medicine. Great, but that's Thursday, and you can't tell me that. I mean, yeah, he wait, made the wait, cut. Wait, wait, Fantastic. Friday, he shot. He shot five or six hundred on Friday. He was up in the top ten going Whatever into Whatever it was. It doesn't matter. What I'm saying is none of it matters because he finished 72nd. He finished close to DFL. So no, DFL would have been missed the cut, and that, you're not taking into account all the players that, that missed the cut. So, oh, you know, for geez. his price, for it being a flyer, I don't want to spend too much time on the master show on Sam Saunders, but I consider it a success <laughs> on my end. Because, you know, I need to check to see what his DraftKings scoring was. I bet it wasn't 72nd. I bet it was a little bit further up because he made a ton uh, of birdies. Yeah. Not a great anyway. call, if you ask me. But okay, well. Your Grillo call paid off. Good call on Grillo. My yeah, Garrigus, my Garrigus call. My case of the Garrigus finally paid off. He had a good week, too. Um, so that's enough of that. Let's hey, you know what? About... i got to mention this. Okay. I, I, I have not. to mention you this. You go ahead. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you know, I talked about going to the Web.com event that was it, it oh, basically yeah. in my neighborhood. And it was, a, it was a great time. I had a lot of fun. But you know what? The, the coolest thing was Sam Burns won today. And that guy yeah. is an absolute stud. He yeah. is not going to be on the Web.com much longer at all. No. So I thought it was pretty cool. That guy just, I think he shot six or seven under today to, to take the title. Cool tournament. A lot of fun to go to a web.com event. That was the first time I've ever been to one. And it, it's it's a lot of fun. I highly recommend if one is in your your town or close to it, go check it out. These are good players. Yeah, you had Cameron Champ there. You had Maverick McNeely there. Um, so it was pretty cool. Very nice. Yep, looked like a lot of fun. All right, let's get to Augusta. All right, first of all, I am excited, very excited with how the Road to Augusta contest uh, just panned out. I mean, we want to thank Fantasy Draft. We want to thank Roto Grinders for supporting such a great contest. And thank all of you who entered. We had, uh, I think, over 300 participants enter and uh, just a, a ton of entries, a couple thousand entries. And a guy named David Burt won, and man, it just couldn't have gone to a better guy. He is genuinely excited. Um, he just found. He told us he just found out they're having their third child, and and they have two. And and he said he they haven't he hasn't left the house in five years. He hasn't been away from him out of town in five years. And then they got the third on the way, so it's not likely it'll be anytime soon. And he's never been to Augusta. He lives in California. Um, just seems so, so jacked to win the contest. So he's flying here Thursday. He's going to meet us Thursday at Champions Retreat, I believe. And then, uh, and then it's on. And then we're going to show David a great time and take him out to the golf course on Friday. It is going to be a lot of fun. I'm super pumped about him. He just seems like a great guy and, and a, a worthy, worthy winner. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. I'm going to have to come up with a nickname for him because uh, yeah, I can't just say, you know, I got you, David. And then, and you both have you know B in your last name, so I can't yeah. call him DB. So I got to come up with a, a nickname. I think you just guy. call me DB and him David. That's what you do. Well, I could do that, but I want to come yeah. up with a nickname. Um, so Road to Augusta, huge success. It was awesome. That will likely happen again next year. So good news is, if you entered the Road to Augusta this year, then you're already in for next year. All you got to do is play more on Fantasy Draft. So there you go. Um, 
By the way, we're going to talk fantasy draft tonight. Let, let's talk a little bit about the format of tonight's show, Pat. I want to talk a little bit about that. It's going to be a little bit different tonight. First of all, um, we are going to talk through our key stats, why we like those key stats. Talk a little bit about the golf course, all right? We're going to talk about the format, um, strategy, stuff like that. Then I'm going to play for you three celebrity, for, for lack of a better word, celebrity guest interviews that are each about five or six minutes long. And we asked each of these individuals to give us a sleeper, a fade, and a pick to win the Masters this year. Uh, the first one up uh, is going to be Paul Tesori, 17-plus um, year PGA Tour caddy, currently on the bag for Webb Simpson. Seen Augusta National a lot. Um, the second one is Gino Benelli, uh, been on tour a couple years, caddies for Joel Damon. And then the third one is George Bryan of the Bryan Brothers, Wesley Bryan's um, brother so uh he he made some picks for us so you got those three tonight we're going to play those for you before we get into our picks and then we're going to talk about our picks but in a slightly different context tonight we're going to talk millie maker that contest specifically the millionaire maker on DraftKings is a big deal a lot of people playing it so we're going to talk first picks for the millie maker then we're going to talk about a few additional gpps on DraftKings that we really like and kind of how the strategy might change in those contests versus the Millie Maker and our picks for that. And then we're going to talk cash games. So we're going to talk cash games. After that, we're going to talk Fantasy Draft and their their tour card GPP. We're going to talk about those GPP entries, um, and then we're going to wrap it up. So that's it tonight uh, for the DFS show. Everything else will be on the betting podcast. And Pat, do you want to talk a little bit about what we're going to do for the betting and alternate format content, uh, podcast? Yeah, so you know, you mentioned the guest picks for this podcast. We also have some guest picks for the the betting show, which we'll talk about when we get into that show. Um, we are going to go through several different bets. That there's so many. It's like a Super Bowl almost. There's a lot of prop bets. There's a lot of tiger bets out there. So we're going to be going through some some cool tiger bets that we like. We got some first round leader bets. We got the odds to win bets. We're going to be going over those. And then we want to talk about, you know, possibly some, uh, you know, pools that you may be enter- entered in. We, we've heard from a few folks on, on, you know, the pools and some of the formats that they're using. And then you look at, you know, you got like Calcuttas. Those are things that we're going to talk about. Um, we will talk about, I'm trying to think of other One and bets. done. One and yeah, done. one and done. So, yeah, don't expect our one and, done, one and done at the end of this podcast. It will be on the betting show. So that that will be a... A big deal there. Um, what else you're going to want to listen to that show, even if you're not going to make bets, because the two guest, the two guest picks, I want to go ahead and say those because it's a good, the two guest picks for the, uh, that are on the betting podcast are John Yarbrough, who has been on the PGA Tour as a caddy for over 20 years, 20 years, currently on the back for Tom Lovelady, um, was with Smiley Kaufman, now with Tom Lovelady. John's been around a long time. He makes those picks, the sleeper, the fade, and the pick to win. And also Jason Sobel, um, well-known writer for ESPN, covers golf for ESPN, very informed guy, avid DFS player. He makes a sleeper, a fade, and a pick to win. So really two more really good people to hear from there, so you want to make sure you check that out. So I think that's it for the betting podcast. We also released just today um, our article from Ben Little over on tourjunkies.com. It is a fantastic master's preview. It is both informative and hilarious. So you must, 
must go to tourjunkies.com. Click on One Groove Low. That is our blog page. And Ben has a, a nice article. It's probably a, I don't know, maybe a six or seven minute read. Uh, and then you're going to want to go back through it and use it before you make any picks. He's got a lot of good facts in there, a lot of good intel, inside info. Um, it's just a really good article. Would you agree? Anything to add there? It is It is so good. I mean, it Very was... good. Yeah. I don't it's a even... great precursor to, to Wednesday's Chalk Bomb, which Ben will be writing again this week. We're going to help out a little bit as well. We're all going to kind of collaborate on this um and the, and the chalk bomb email is going to come out earlier on wednesday so it won't be out late we'll get we'll try to get it out to you wednesday afternoon at some point also we've had a development with the email delivery because i'm so <laughs> pissed off at how mailchimp has has just not delivered our emails well we've had a lot of you guys write us and say you got the email one week and you didn't get it the next or you've you've done it four times and you've not gotten it and i swear to you guys we have added Everyone who's emailed in saying they wanted it has been added to this thing, and for whatever reason, MailChimp wasn't delivering it. Well, I think I figured it out. Our our web address was um, was verified in MailChimp, but not authenticated. God knows what the difference is. Yeah, what the heck is so the difference between I went that? through the steps of getting it authenticated because we also know that Pat would have never figured that out. So yeah. I went through the steps to get us authenticated, and... I think now that the tourjunkies.com uh, you know, email address that it's coming from is authenticated, it should get delivered properly. However, before you tweet us and you email us mad, please check your spam filters, your promo filters, whatever, and go ahead and make us, like, make info at tourjunkies.com like a, a confirmed email address and whatever email server you use. So anyway, you do not want to miss that article, and if you are not already subscribed to that, you need to go to tourjunkies.com, go to contact us, and just fill out that web form and let us know you want the chalk bomb email. It will be absolute flames for the masters. So there you go. Um be great. You know, Pat, I don't want to spend too much time talking about our week. I'm ready to get into the picks, but we're going to have a fantastic week. Um, Thursday, we'll be playing, I'll be playing some golf in the morning. Thursday evening, if we have listeners in Augusta that want to meet up, hang out, I don't know, maybe um, reach out to us on Twitter like Thursday afternoon. Hit us up. Uh, if you reach out to us earlier than that, we're not going to remember. So Thursday afternoon, holler at us. Friday, we'll be on the course. we got a great dinner planned Friday night. And then, of course, we haven't really been talking about this, but we had the TJ games, which is when, you know, I, you guys may remember a few weeks back when Pat made the comment that he was a better natural athlete than me. Um, we have set up TJ games through our friends at fantasy draft, and we're going to video that on Saturday, probably do a little bit of live periscope, but you'll probably have to wait and see most of the footage after. So, um, just stay tuned. I I don't want to spend a lot of time showcase my natural athleticism. Right. Okay. Well, why don't you showcase your amazing golf research ability and let's get into this, Pat. Let's talk the Augusta national you know, played here every year. We know this. Everybody knows the course. We're not going to spend a ton of time in the course breakdown, but we're going to talk a little bit. And then we're going to talk about the stats that we're looking at, what we're taking into consideration, why, and um, and then maybe a little bit more about the format, the cut, all that kind of stuff uh, before we get into our strategy and our picks. So take it away, Pat Perry. All right. I'm going to so, sip yeah, on I, my vodka. 
Yeah, you do that. And listen, I agree. I don't think we need to go through real in-depth on the course because this is obviously, you know, here we are at Augusta National again as we are every year for the Masters. You've got, you know, 7,400 yards, par 72. Bent grass greens are the key here. We know that. I mean, this is these, these are greens that are always extremely fast, extremely quick. I do think we're going to get some rain this week, but I still think they're going to be playing just as fast as they always have. Um, you know, you look at this course, it's, it's a bomber's course. I mean, it, you've got to, driving distance is going to be one of the things that we look at. Because if you just look historically, unless we get a crazy weather type year, like when Zach Johnson won or like a Mike Ware or something like that, I mean, yeah, it, was, it wasn't playing quite as long or it was playing a lot different. But bombers always fare well here. You look at Bubba, you look at Tiger when he absolutely just made him change the entire way the, the course played because he just bombed it all over the place. The par fives are all pretty gettable, all, all you know, holes that you can score on. And you know around the greens, again, you've got to be good scrambling, but really approach because you have to hit these greens in the right spot. If you have never been on this course, which David and I have been on every year for the last you know, however many freaking years, you cannot understand the undulation on these greens unless you're seeing it first time or in person. I mean, it is, it's incredible. So you've got to hit these greens in the right spot. So I do think greens and regulation is something that you want to look at. You know, you want these guys that can, you know, a guy like Sergio Garcia last year was just, I mean, he's a ball striker, just a ball striking machine, strokes gain approach, all that kind of stuff. So those are going to be key this week. Um, Course history is always key for us. I mean, if you look at the Masters year in and year out, I think you look at course history more than you do recent form. I mean, yes, we always talk about recent form being huge, but there's a lot of guys that come into this tournament where they haven't been playing all that great, and then all of a sudden they can play lights out here because they just love it. They've always fared well here. It suits their eye. It's one of those courses that they, you just get on it. And if you play this course well, year in and year out, you're, you're probably going to be up there making the cut, playing well. Um, looking at the past champs, I mentioned Sergio. We had him in 2017. Danny Willette in 2016. You, you had the big gamble on him that won. Uh, yes, Jordan's, I hit him at 150 to 1. That's right. You always like throwing that in. That you, I you, love it. You'll never forget that, that it was 150 to 1. I will not. Um, no. Jordan Spieth in 2015, another course horse that just absolutely loves it here. Um, Bubba Watson in 2014, his second victory. And then Adam Scott in 2013. A lot of people forget about that Scott victory, but he did get that major title here. Um, yeah, I think we're going to talk format a little bit. This is this is an interesting field because we only have 88 players. So that's going to be very important in how you're thinking this week, especially in the GPPs and the tournaments like the Millie Maker. Um, you know, it's just there's not there's it's ownership is going to be incredibly key, and that's where we're going to be looking at. You know, the guys at Fanshare or even on, on Roto-Grinders and their ownership percentages and things like that. It's going to be huge. You really got to pay attention to that on Wednesday. Um, what else, David? I, I've, I'm, I'm trying to, uh, you know, I think one of the things here is that's always key for me is if you look at ball flight, the right to left ball flight is always, you know, just a huge thing. You look at almost all the scoring holes out here. 
like number two or number eight, which is a slight dog leg to the left. You know, 13 is obviously a dog leg to the left. Just so many holes out here require that right to left ball flight. That's why you see guys like Bubba Watson and Phil Mickelson as lefties. that They play that natural fade. Um, that's huge for them. If, if you're a righty, you want to have, you know, a guy like Jordan Spieth who can hit that draw. You know, he, he can hit it on command whenever he wants to, and that's why he always plays well here. So that is something that you want to look at that's key so there you go i'll let you add your uh any thoughts that you got david but you know i'm 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 ready to get into some picks well i think i'll follow up on this since you just mentioned it the right to left ball flight thing i texted one of our pga tour caddy buddies been on the tour for nearly 20 years and i said do you think the right to left ball flight thing off the tee is that big of a deal and he said yeah i think it's a very big deal it still comes down to who's going to putt and who's going to scramble the best? But it is a big deal. Um, so I, I, you know, that's that's true. I mean, the the lefties that work it, they can, they can hit the cut, which is, you know, if you if you don't play golf, you may not know, but it hitting a cut is a safer shot than trying to than, than being a guy who always hits a draw, just because it seems to be much easier for a good golfer to snap hook one and lose it too much than it is to overcut one. So. Maybe that may, that might be different for an amateur, but for these guys, that's not the case. So um, that's why you see guys like Phil and Bubba who've just performed that well at this golf course. It doesn't mean a guy that can hit a cut can't win, but there's a lot of holes that that a, a draw or that right to left ball flight works for. Um, uh, I mean, two, five. It won't hurt you on seven. It won't hurt you. It won't hurt you on eight. It's definitely on nine. Definitely on ten. Um, definitely on 13, 14, um, won't hurt you on 15, 17, it helps. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of holes here where right to left can help. So uh, I think that's a thing I w- I'm with you. Driving distance means something to me. I, I believe the Augusta National has set this golf course up to reward length. And, um, it just is what it is. There's not a lot of places on this golf course where you're at your OB, you know, you can be hitting from the pine straw and through some pine trees, but there's not a lot of OB. You can hit from another fairway. Um, you can lose it a little out here. So I think distance matters. It looks like there's probably a 90% chance Wednesday is going to be a pretty pretty bad washout, rain rainy day. Um, the Augusta National has sub air underneath every single green, so they can dry out the greens pretty easily. But I think the fairways, there's some sub air system under the fairways, and then there's good drainage. But I do think Thursday could be a little wet. Uh, I think by Friday it'll be just fine, but I think Thursday could be a little wet. So I think length matters even more those first couple of days, uh, just being able to carry the ball a little further. And I think you hit the nail on the head, Pat, with strokes gained approach and being able to hit it to the right tiers on these greens. Like I've heard that from so many people, caddies and tour players alike, um, that it it is – and in fact, Ben wrote about it and, and had some data on it in today's article on tourjunkies.com. It is about putting, but it's you have to know where to land the golf ball on these greens with these tiers and the different undulation at Augusta National. You've just got to. So that's important. Um, and, and you then, know, I think that's why I think that's why, you know, we're probably going to talk about it. You'll, you'll hear us talk about it a lot, but with first timers. That's where yep. that's where they have the most trouble, I think, is being able to know where to hit these these greens. And until they actually play out here, they can hear it all. I mean, they know how to play the course as far as what, what they're told. 
But until they're actually on the course and playing it, it's you know it's it's a little more difficult until you get out there and do it. That's why I think first timers always tend to have such a such a difficult time out here, and then possibly the greens and the speed of the greens and the break of the greens that they're just not used to. So you're going to hear us talk a lot about the first timers. There may be few that some that we like, but. Like, you know, you mentioned in Ben's article, one of the things he talked about was that I think the average was six times, six appearances here before the first, a victory. So, I mean, that's a pretty, that's a, that's a lot of years of experience before they're getting victories, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's a good point. And by the way, I listened to, um, I listened to an interview with, with Bones, um, just a couple weeks ago. Or he, he was interviewed like a week ago, but the interview just came out. I just listened to it. Uh, on No Laying Ups podcast, and he said some amazing things. He talked about experience at Augusta and what a big deal it meant. And that's why Phil and Tiger are just as much in, in this thing as anybody because they've probably forgotten more than these even second, third year players understand about the Augusta National. And there's so many little things. And Bones was talking about even how he learned things even last year on the bag for Phil that, that were new, that, that he's still learning about Augusta, whether it's wind or how the ball is going to react off of a certain lie out of there or the green or trouble spots or whatever. He just could not over overstate how important experience and knowledge was around that track. And, you know, so I, I think that's a very real thing that you got to think about and you have to understand and is um, – yeah, so it, it it kind of eliminates it eliminates players in my mind. I mean, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. In terms of other stats uh, that I'm looking at, strokes gained around the green, strokes gained approach, driving distance, those are really the stats for me. Um, you know, and, and you know, there's a lot of talk about correlated courses. I don't really buy into the the need to research the correlated courses. Maybe there are. You know, some correlations to a, a golf course like Riviera. Um, you've had some similar winners, similar people do well. I just don't really know that with all the data we have on Augusta National, there's really a point in getting out and, and going through some of that. Uh, but if you like to do that kind of thing, be my guest. It's just not something I'm looking at. So obviously, course history at Augusta does matter. You know, going back to the first timer thing, it does matter. Um, and, and recent form obviously matters. So, uh, that is that's that's the stats. Um, you mentioned format, Pat, and this is really important. So if you're a a new DFS player or even intermediate DFS player, um, you know one of the things that we're going to talk about tonight is ownership and the the fact that this is the smallest field in like what twenty years or something. It's uh, it's one of the smallest fields at the Masters in forever. Eighty eight play eighty nine players. I don't know if Poulter makes eighty nine. He may make eighty nine. Yeah, he'll make eighty nine. But it's so. under ninety. Um, and and I'm looking at it right now. I mean, twenty of these guys. I just counted twenty players on the bot near the bottom of of DraftKings and Fantasy Draft. You can basically cross off i mean you got former champions who are old a lot of amateurs um basically especially if we talk millie maker okay you can basically cross those guys off and so that that really limits what you've got and you're going to have a high a high percentage of players make the cut and play the weekend which means you're going to have a high percentage of guys who get uh, six of six through the cut line or seven of seven of seven on fantasy draft. So 
Um, ownership is going to be important for that reason. Most golf tournaments, we see 140 to 150 golfers and top 70 in ties make it. The majors, U.S. Open, British, uh, PGA, always have a more full field. This is a very short field, and that definitely um, definitely matters. So you, the cut line for the Masters is top 50 in ties, as well as people within 10 strokes of the leader. So that's it's not one or the other, it's both. So top 50 in ties, as well as 10 shots within the leader. So it could be, I mean, we could theoretically have, I mean, you can have 60-something guys. I mean, it's, it's, it's weird. It's a very weird year not having 95, 99 guys. Um, any other comments there, Pat? No, I mean, I think you're dead on, and that's, that's just what's going to make it difficult, especially when it comes to if you want to win these tournaments and these GPPs like the Millie Maker. I mean, you're, you're almost just going to have to have a perfect lineup, I think, um, to win the Millie Maker this year. And, and that's why I said earlier, you've just, we've, we've got to, we've got to, this week more than any other week is just so important. You can't guess, you know, you've got to get that ownership. You've got to get an idea on Wednesday where, where these, this ownership is going to, you know, go with a lot of these players. So yeah, it's going to, it's going to be, it's going to make for an interesting week, you know? Absolutely. If you're playing the Millie maker, if you're playing another GPP on DraftKings or FanDuel, maybe, and if you're playing a GPP and the tour card on fantasy draft, on Wednesday, you are going to need to do two things before you build your lineups. You're going to need to read the chalk bomb email from us, and you are need to get, you're going to need to go to fansharesports.com and check out the ownership projections and the tag counts for those golfers. If you're not familiar, fansharesports.com is where we go to get all of our ownership research, all of our ownership data. Um, these guys basically read every written piece of information. They listen to every podcast, all the YouTube broadcasts. They look at websites and they curate all of the data and who's getting talked up. And they give you the projection of who's going to be high owned in terms of DFS. And that is going to be super important as it is every week it's going to be really important they've got a couple big upgrades if you're a fanshare pro member um, they've got upgraded player pages historical DraftKings trends ownership trends and then you can now export to csv for all you data nerds you can do that so a lot of cool things going there but they're they're going to start um, doing the, the the projections on monday morning so um, if you're listening to this now and it's already monday there you go. Hop over to FanshareSports.com and join. I think right now um, you get a month free if you if you join through our link. And then after that, it's only like 9 bucks a month. So if you play DFS, you need to have FanshareSports.com. So they, they also do NFL for when it comes time for that. But uh, to me, Fanshare is going to be highly critical here because of the ownership. And let's talk Millie Maker. So let's get into some picks and let's get into Millie Maker specifically, Pat. So a little bit differently tonight, I don't want to go like down the line price by price, but I just want to talk specifically on contests. You mentioned that you, you felt like lineups had to be near perfect, and, and I think you're close, man. I mean, this is the biggest, I'm pretty sure this is the biggest Millie Maker for golf we've ever had. Um, so 205,882 entries into this week's Millie Maker. Uh, and I did some I did some calculations here, Pat. If you want to make five hundred dollars, okay, just five hundred dollars, not not even a four figure payout, 
just $500. You have to finish 75th or better out of 205,882 entries. That's where you have to finish, which is 0.04%. Not even a half of 1%. Okay? Not, Not even a half of a tenth of a percent. So when you're talking like how deadly accurate your picks have to be in the Millie Maker to really make some money, that's what you're talking about. And, and that's where I think if you're a new player or an intermediate or you don't play a lot, you really have to think about that before you enter the Millie Maker. Because what are you in it to do? Are you in it to take it down and really win big? Or are you in it to just, just for fun and, if, and you're just going to lose all your money? Because I don't know, man. Like If I'm playing the Millie Maker, that's the only reason I'm playing it is to finish in that top tier. Like I... Otherwise, there are other GPPs, and I'm going to mention them here in a little bit, that I would prefer, um, that I would prefer to play in. Uh, to me, with 88 players, 89 players, the cut line, what it is, a high percentage of players, are, a high percentage of that 205,000 are going to have six of six. You are going to have to have the winner, you're going to have to have, and, and the rest of your five other guys are going to all have to be in the top 10, if you ask me. I'll be shocked if the winner, or even anyone in the top 50, have anyone that doesn't finish top 10 or better. I mean, it's just going to have to be that perfect. Yeah, it is. I mean, I, I, for me, if I'm, you know, for the Millie Maker, I'm trying to win the million. I, I don't even know if I care about anything else. I, I'm, not, I'm not really... You know, I'm not in. I mean, you got a better chance than winning the lottery, but not by much. Yeah. <laughs> it's, so I, yeah. Yeah, and I think you're right. There, there are better GPPs if you want to. You know, that that I think you're going to get a, a little better return on it than you would the Millie Maker. But you know, that's what it is this week. That's what it's all about. That's what most people are going to talk about as a Millie Maker, and and so you know, we're going to try to we're going to try to give it our, our best shot. You know. Yeah, and, and I and I love it. I love it. I'd be more excited about it if it were a full field event, you know, 140, 150 players. It just for this year, I'm not as I'm not going to have as much in the Millie for that reason. I'm going to have plenty in there, but I'm just yeah, I'm drawn to. to other GPPs for that reason. I mean, the 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 sweat on Saturday and Sunday with so many people having 6 of 6. Like you may as well not check your DraftKings account until Sunday yeah. evening. It's just There's, gonna be nuts. Yeah. So um all right, let's get into some picks. I want to talk Millie Maker, Pat. Um what is your approach? What's your strategy? Is it gonna be a little more balanced? How many lineups? And, and talk through talk through like if you've got a player pool and how if you're entering 10 lineups in the Millie Maker, tw- maybe 20 lineups in the Millie Maker. Like what's what's the approach in terms of how many players you're putting in that pool? And then how many, what percentage of those lineups are going to be balanced versus what percentage are going to be maybe more studs and duds? Well, you know, first off, I think that for me, regardless if I'm playing 10, 10 20, I mean, even 50 lineups, I, I don't know, maybe 50, I may expand out my player pool a little bit more, but I, I'm going to try to take the same approach. You know, we talk all the time about using that process that, that we use every week. And so I'm probably not going to, you know, go outside of maybe 
20 to 25 players in, into my pool for, for, for the Millie Maker. I, I think I'm going to narrow it down to that, and then that's just what, what I'm going to go with. And, you know, looking at strategy, for me, I, I'm not a, as big of a fan of that average price land price range this week as I am of, of going a little bit more studs and duds. So that that is probably going to be my, you know, when you're looking at the Millie Maker, going to be the biggest thing that I'm going to do because I think you can put together a team with like a, you know, a, you know, a Jason Day and, and then like a Ricky Fowler together and then even throw in, you know, a Fleetwood or somebody like that and then get some lower price guys. And, and so that's that to me is is going to be my strategy is 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 more of the studs and duds. Uh, I just think that's that's what's going to get the that's what might win the Millie. See, I don't I don't know that I see that as really studs and duds. I mean, you're talking about you're talking about Fowler. <coughs> you're talking about Fowler at nine thousand. Day well, at ninety eight hundred. Those are all guys under the ten really over. I don't know. I kind of consider. I mean, you're looking at this is a different week. I mean, Fowler's a stud. I mean, whatever you want, whatever his price is. I mean, yeah. And you look at the way these guys are priced. You you've got to. I mean, all right. So here's the question: how 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 much exposure are you going to have to the guys at ten k and above? Uh, the only person at 10K and above that I'm going to have any exposure to is Jordan Spieth. In the Millie Maker. In the Millie Maker. That is the only one that I will have exposure to. And see, I kind of wonder, I'm going to have a little bit of both strategies because I think, I think the top is going to be left, I think the top is going to be left alone because you have so many guys, and, and that's the whole thing that everybody's been talking about this year is how many good players are playing well right now and in good form it's unreal. I mean, there is not a clear-cut, you know, DJ, Justin Thomas, Jordan Speed, Tiger, Rory, Day, Phil, Rom, Rose, Fowler, Casey, Bubba, Garcia. I mean, all of them. All, all these guys. <laughs> I mean, you're getting down to 8,300 at Thomas Peters before you start thinking about things. So um, I, I think because of that, a lot of people are going to start in that 9K range. And it is super attractive to do that, especially – you know, like I said, in the Millie Maker, you're going to have to have the winner, and then the rest of your five guys are all going to need to be in the top ten. For that reason, you can eliminate 20 guys from the bottom. Basically, 20 guys you can eliminate. I, I'm not playing any. I'm not playing. You don't get cute and play the amateurs. So we're going to speed this up. I'm not going to play any amateurs. There's the odds are already stacked against you in the Millie Maker. So don't get cute and just don't do it. An amateur hasn't won the Masters since 1979, Fuzzy Zeller. I, I just no, don't see it. Not happening. an amateur. That's first timer. Time. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Amateur. Yeah. Don't an play amateur. the amateurs. Uh, don't play the old guys. And you know, I, I agree. I was talking to Pat Mayo. We, I was I was on the Pat Mayo show, and you, and you and I both did a little guest spot for him. Um, but in the preview show, we talked. He, he said Fred Couples. You know, everybody talks about Fred Couples every year. You know, and yeah, Freddie might make the cut, and yeah, Freddie might finish top 20. But in the Millie Maker. I still don't know that that really does anything for you. So, well, and here's the thing with Freddie actually is that he's he's been hurt almost he's hurt. all year. So but any I, guy I, like that, VJ, yeah. Bernhard, Longer, any of these older yeah. guys that can still play, I, I still think you eliminate those guys for the Millie Maker. If, like, if one of those guys plays well and ends up helping a guy win the Millie Maker, fine, so be it. It's not. I'm not hitching you know to that wagon. <laughs> it's just not. No. It's just not going to be one of the guys that I go with. I, I think. 
you know, this is where, like we talk about, you go all the way down, like you said, to Thomas Peters or whatever. I mean, this is where ownership is just so huge. And it, it's it's harder for us to tell right now because we just don't know where, where the ownership is going to be looking, you know, later on in this week. But that's why I mentioned in the, you know, at, at the high, you know, at 9,800, Jason Day, for me, just sort of pops as a guy that I, I think may fly under the radar considering all the other plays right here that we have. I mean, he's a guy that... All right, you know, hold on, hold on. Before we get too far into the picks, Pat, because we got to have some context here. Before we get too far into the picks, I think we need to hear first from our guest pickers. You know what okay. I mean? Because right, I think it would be fun to hear what they have to say. And, you know, as, as I mentioned tonight, we have Paul Tesori. Gino Benelli and George Bryan. I'm just going to play these back to back. They're a few minutes each. I'm going to play these back to back, and um, let, let's hear what these guys have to say. All right, let's do that, and then we'll come back after. Boom. Here you go. All right, golf addicts got one of our repeat guests, one of the all-time favorites on the Tour Junkies podcast, and easily one of the nicest guys we've met since doing the Tour Junkies uh, show, and that's Paul Tesori, caddy for Webb Simpson, longtime caddy on the PGA Tour. What's up, Paul? What's up, Dave? Thanks for having me on, buddy. Uh, it's always a pleasure talking to you guys, and thanks for the kind of sweet intro there. That's not the things you say about me to my face, but I'll take it right now. That's a good thing. <laughs> nah, man, we mean it. We mean it. Uh, appreciate you being Thank good you. to us over the last couple years. All right, so I'm going to put you on the spot on a few picks. Yeah, here we go. Okay. I'm gonna give you. A, I'm gonna. I want to know your sleeper for the Masters 2018 first. Give me your sleeper first. Okay, so I've got a lot of like good feelings about this one. Um, I don't know how we want to quantify sleeper, but um, I'm gonna go with Xander. Uh, you got to help me how to pronounce the last name. Is it Shoffley? Is that right? Shoffley, I think Xander Shoffley. Okay, all right. I'm gonna tell you him. Um, Yep, I have a couple reasons for it. It's been 1979 since the last first time yep. winner. Um, it's going to be Xander's first go around. Um, this guy became the first rookie in uh, FedEx Cup history to finish in the top ten in the FedEx Cup when he won the Tour Championship, finishing third. He's really long. Uh, he's got a beautiful game. Um, he's fearless, and I don't think anyone's talked about him. I'm not even sure he'll give an interview. Um, going into Thursday, and I just think this kid is not afraid, and he's got a really good-looking game uh, to go and, and compete at Augusta. Well, Paul, that is very interesting because you're right. Not many people, at least in our space, are talking about him for Augusta because of the old first-time narrative and the last time being Fuzzy Zeller. But uh, you are now the second PGA Tour caddy that I have talked to whose sleeper is Xander Shoffley. So No way. That is, How about that? Yeah, well, no. That is very interesting. Uh, and I've only talked to two so far. So the two caddies that I've talked <laughs> to are two both two. Pick Xander. Yeah, yeah that's, that's interesting. That, that's, that's good stuff there. So that's confirmation. Confirmation. That's confirmation. Um, I love it. All right, what about a fade? So we, we call it a fade, so a guy that, that just may, may underwhelm. Not necessarily saying the guy's going to finish dead last or, you know, but a guy that could just underwhelm a little bit. Who do you think could do that this year? Underwhelm, you mean uh, a guy that picked the play really well that may not? Yeah, or just, yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Just, just somebody you know, that, that may. I think uh, the one guy that comes to mind, I think, is he could be feast or famine. And I think everybody would agree with it. It's one of the obviously most polarizing names in our sport. That's that's Rory. Um, 
It would yeah. not surprise me if McElroy won by six. And it would not <laughs> surprise me if he missed the cut. Um, yeah. He's just right now, while he's still trying to kind of balance through everything, you know, you, you see what comes out at Bay Hill, and you're like, oh my gosh, this is the kid we're all scared of. Like, this is the kid we saw. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, if he putts like that. But then, you know, he'll turn around, though he played poorly in the match play. Not just got beat, because that doesn't always mean you played bad, but I know he played poorly. Um, and so, you know, it's kind of like that little balance there. So I think he would be, like, the most surprising to watch. And then, you know, is it a bigger story if he wins or Tiger? Uh, obviously, that, that becomes the yeah. hardest thing to talk about. I would, I would assume Tiger, but to be the seventh guy to complete the career Grand Slam would be a, an amazing story in and of itself. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, let me get your picks on your your thoughts on Tiger real quick while we're here. You've been looking at him, and you watched him. You know, you've been on floor a minute. You've seen him kind of at his peak. What do you think about the game right now? Do you think you know the big thing going into Augusta, and obviously Augusta's wide, and you can kind of spray it a little bit. But we've seen him compete really well in these last two events on courses where he can club down. And we know in Augusta, you don't you're not going to club down as much. What do you think about his driver control issues at Augusta? Yeah, um, you know, Augusta's changed a little bit. You are right. It is still a little bit more open than a normal tour event, but they have closed that golf course up a lot. Um, you now have these shots that are a lot tighter than they ever were in the past, uh, bringing in some of the cut lines, adding rough now, which while people don't truly call it rough, believe me, it matters. Uh, trying to depict the ball going to jump, is it not going to jump? Are you going to catch a, uh, yeah. Are you going to catch a D flyer? Uh, is it wet? Is it going to squirt? Kind of all those little issues. So, um, that driver is going to be a big question mark for him. Uh, you know, he seems like right now he's got the ability to draw the ball um, when he needs to with anything non-driver. So, again, around that course for him, he can do a lot of that. Uh, you know, 10 and 13 and 14, um, 18. Uh, those are all holes nine that he can hit three wood off of all of those. Uh, it'll probably be an iron for him on seven. And so there's still a lot of holes there that he can go around with that three wood, especially as far as he's hitting it right now. So um, I think it's going to be okay. I I just I can't nice. wait to see. It's so good to have him back, and I can't wait to see how he's going to play. It's going to be the one of the most exciting you know masters going into it that we've had in at least half a dozen years. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. There's so many guys playing really well. Um, so all true. right, so finally. Paul, you know, famously last year, you you picked Sergio Garcia to win the Masters, the guy who <laughs> could never close the deal, never win a major. You picked him. He won. So, really, you're the only one that matters here. So, who is your pick to win the 2018 Masters? Dave, I love the way you pump up my ego, buddy. I need to call and talk to you more often. That's a good thing. I enjoy that. Buddy, I am going to go with a, uh, a one-time major winner, but not a Masters winner yet got a great track record there i'm sure he's on a lot of people's radar but again it seems like with the rory and the tiger and and justin trying to take over number one world and jordan all that he's again flying on the radar i'm gonna go with justin rose i mean he's our olympic gold medal winner his game Love right it. now is speaking uh we've been paired with him a, uh, we've been paired with him a few times here recently he's putting well uh very confident and uh i i think he's going to be the guy and then my next little why I, I do got to throw this in real quick. It's another guy no one's really talking about that I believe the game is built for there is Patrick Cantlay. Uh, I'm going to go back there with the Xander. We're going to call it Xander okay. 1 and Xander 2. And uh, I just want to make sure I throw that out there, too, because you know, I don't know how all the picks are working this week, but if you have to take some of the guys that might be in a different bracket, 
he would be one of those guys. He hits it a long way, hits it high, can turn the ball over, and again, is fearless. So um, that would kind of be my lineup, buddy. Nice. And technically not a first-timer. I think you played here in like 2010 or 11. Um, See, look at you. Look at you coming through with me. So that might even be good against the, the Masters odds. Yeah, there you go. Awesome, Paul. Yeah, we appreciate yeah. it, man. And, and as always, uh, great to see Weber playing well and you guys playing well. And um, You know, the putting is coming around, so good to see. We'll be looking forward to some big things for the rest of the year. I love talking to you guys. Thanks uh, for the entertainment and, uh, and for, the, the, uh, for the good words, too. I need to talk to you more often. We'll talk to you later, buddy. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate it, man. All right. All right, I got Gino Benelli here, one of our, one of our very favorite. CJ Tour caddies, looping for old Joel Damon right now. And uh, what's up, Gino? How are you, man? I'm doing well. Thanks for uh, <laughs> thanks for having me call in. Yeah, dude. All right. Well, let's talk Masters 2018. I asked you to give me uh, three yeah. picks. The first one I'm going to ask is for your sleeper of 2018. Who's it going to be? Okay. I don't know if you can call a Tour Championship winner a sleeper, but I definitely don't think he's a favorite. But I'm going with the X Man, Xander Shoffley. Really? Uh, first timer though? First time? He is, yeah. But you know what? He he stepped up in the on the yeah. on the big stage. He's got the drive, he's got the length, he's just flat out good. Think back to Smiley a couple years ago and his rookie yep. go at it. And uh, I think Xander's got the tools, uh he could surprise some people. So yeah. There have been some rookies it. to pop. You had I think Daniel Berger topped end on his first time around. I know uh, you've had a few first timers pop, but that's that's interesting. He does seem to have the skill set. That's a good pick by you. That's a good sleeper pick. I think yeah, a good one. I think that's a I think that's a good dark horse. So there we go. All right, what about your fade? What? Well, who do you think is going to underwhelm? Oh, you know what? Nashville. There's uh, there there might be a a little emotion in my fade, but uh, Rory McIlroy. You think so? Um, yeah, no, uh, no response to uh, Gino Benelli. The putter's been to the uh, job application. Yeah, nothing crickets. <laughs> That's right. So uh, still a little uh, bitterness in there, maybe. But uh, putter's been on and off. Um, I, I wouldn't mind if he played good golf because uh, I think he's uh, he's a tremendous talent. But uh, I am fading on Rory McIlroy at the Masters. Okay, another. I like it. You know, I like where this is going so far. You got some bold calls. Uh, you know, the, the Rory thing is, uh, you know, we did see the putter pop a little bit. But yeah. it, it'll be interesting to see if that continues or was that just a good week because he definitely wasn't yeah. popping match play. Um, exactly. Those uh, those final few holes against Uline were pretty impressive. But uh, yeah. it was pretty, pretty dead up to that point. All right. So, and last but not least, you got to give us This is, a, again, just emotional the from the heart. Heartstrings. I'm. I'm. I haven't been this excited for golf in I don't know how long. But the big cat, Tiger Woods. Oh, okay. That's a. That's a. Might be a lame pick, but you know what? I don't even care. No, my hero. That's your pick. I mean, so. So you think you think he's gonna? You think the driver is gonna be okay? Yeah, I. uh, I think he's gonna work his ass off. I think he wants to win this more than he's ever wanted anything else, and. he showed some some great form over the last few weeks, and mm-hmm. uh, I uh, think he's going to do good things. That's probably pretty true. So, you know, Big Cat get gets what Big Cat wants. 
<laughs> that's that's he, true. When he puts he, his mind to something, uh, you know, it's it's tough to bet against the guy over his career. I'll put it put it that way. And uh, he's surprised a lot of people so far this year with what he's done and been impressed. So I like there it. There it is. I like it. Gino Benelli, yeah. PJ Tour caddy, general funny guy. Thanks for coming <laughs> on, man. Thanks for giving your pick. You got it. Thanks, David. I appreciate it, man. All right, dude. Appreciate you, dude. That was good. Good pick. Very nice. Yeah, the uh, nice. the tiger thing's a little lame, but that's all right. No, I don't, he I don't just, think it's lame. He excites me. He, my tiger boner yeah. is pretty hard right now. <laughs> you should have said that. Where was that? Okay, I'm going to put that in. I'll put that in. All right, I got my boy George Bryan. Was, uh made an appearance on the podcast in January. Uh, George, thanks for coming on and being part of our Celebrity Masters pick. How's that feel, man? Is that like the highest honor you've had in a long time? Um, I'm definitely not a celebrity, but I'm excited to do some Masters picking. <laughs> um, this is my favorite time of year, and just excited to be a part of it. Awesome. All right, well, let's get right to it. First off, I want to know your sleeper play of the 2018 Masters. Okay, the sleeper play might be obvious but to some, but I'm going with my brother, Wesley Bryan, and I know it's and honestly, it's not just because he's my brother, but he's legit playing the best he's played, probably since he's been on tour. And almost kind of like he did in 2016. Um, like, I haven't seen this kind of confidence, full swing, like, especially off the tee, like driver and full swing in a long time. And so anytime he gets really? up, yeah, he's, he's, he's working the draw with his driver. And so he's kind of went, he went away from the fade and he's gone with the draw, like, consistently. And it's, I mean, he's hitting a lot of fairways and he puts some, more importantly, he's like confident off the tee, and so Whoa. anytime, yeah, anytime he's been confident off the off the tee, he's played well. Um, and that up turn just really grinding and get better. And um, now there's a lot of factors that go into play, like you know the Masters feeling and the pressure and like just the the nerves to go into a major. Um, if he can handle those well, I really do think he can contend. And like not saying, I mean, I'd be super surprised if he wins. Well, like, it wouldn't surprise me if he finished the top 10, top 15, um, for sure. Okay, so that's what I was going to ask. One of my follow-up questions, I, I figured you were going to say that, okay? But one of yeah. my follow-up questions was, being the first Masters, you know, it's feeling like a hometown event. I know, I know you guys aren't from Augusta, but Wesley lives in Augusta. You guys are born and raised right down the street in Columbia. Uh, you know, I can imagine there's going to be a lot of friends and family in town. How is he going to avoid the circus that is, you know, my first Masters, all the pressure and all the all the family and friends that are here because it's so local. And how does he handle that, you know? Um, that, um, that's just who he is. Like, that's what he is. He does well. I don't know how he does it, but he does it really well. Um, like, after when he won in Harbortown, he said the only time he felt nervous the entire final round was on the 17th tee box. And that was only because he wasn't sure what the wind was doing and it was kind of indecisive. Um, and so that right there tells me that, like, Honestly, if I was in the contention with my first PGA Tour event, I would be nervous on every single shot, probably, of the entire last round. And so I think he, that's just something he's always done really well, is just handle the nerves and, like, just the mental side of the game. He's been really solid. So I think he, you know, maybe the first few holes, he'll be a little excited, a little juiced up. Um, but then I think once he settles in the round, you know, hole two, three, four, I think he'll be good to go for the rest of the event. How, how many times do you think he's played Augusta? So right now, as of now, he's played three times, four times, um, and he's playing three more times this week. Um, okay. So 
and his scoring average out there is about 66 um, all the way back for the three times. So, mm. I mean, now granted, really? it's a practice round, doesn't count, but still, yeah, yeah. He's, he's shooting some pretty good numbers um, well, right now, but definitely adding to the confidence. I mean, I got a question about this draw situation. Because I mean, you guys sell T-shirts that say "Buttercut," right? Like that's yeah, that's that was, the, that's the that's the Brian Brothers go-to swing shape. What's uh, I, what's the deal with hitting the draw? I'm not happy about it. Trust me, because I'm team <laughs> Buttercut, team cut off the tee. But whatever yeah. gets them the fairway, I'm happy with. Now he does hit it. He will hit some sweet little Buttercuts with irons that um, that'll make up for it. So you can still carry the Buttercut brand. That's important. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, just not and and here's. So what's the what what happened? Like because there was this like weird documented struggle with the driver for him, and which normally has been very consistent, reliable, accurate. What was the thing that he found? Like what what happened? I think he just got he just got a little off after he after you know playing well. He you know flipped into a little bit of a funk um, off the tee, which he can do. He's done over the, over the course of history um, with his playing career. But he he I guess probably off three. Uh, five months ago, he kind of went back to the basics and what kind of got him to being on the PJ Tour from Chase Butler, who's my dad's assistant, and my dad kind of went back to them just to ask a little bit of advice to kind of get him back on track. And he slowly, the stuff that they've been working on together, slowly kind of got him back where he, you know, you know where he knows he can be off the tee. And I mean, it wasn't a lot; it was just a little thing over time that just kind of added up to him struggling off the tee. And these 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 off weeks have really helped him. Um, just get it dialed in, and mainly just got his confidence back, where he knows, like, he steps up to the tee and knows he's going to hit it in the fairway. Um, and that's been huge. Awesome, awesome. All right, well, uh, let's get to your fade of the week. I'm going to give you like, like, here's the thing: there's so many guys playing so well right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's really tough. And so let's let's maybe say if you were power ranking the top ten guys, okay. Who's going to fall in that 10 spot? And you're talking about guys like DJ, Justin Thomas, John Rahm, Justin Rose, Tiger, Phil, Sergio, Paul Casey, Ricky Fowler, those kind of guys. Who do you put kind of that number 10 in the power ranking for just the Masters? I don't even know because all those guys are playing so well. Yeah, but I mean, you got to pick one. Pick one? I mean, I'd say uh, I think Paul Casey, but that's only because all those other got like. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if all ten of those guys finished the top ten, and so I'd, I'd probably say yeah. Paul Casey finishes tenth, just because I don't. I mean, he won. I don't know how many weeks ago that was. I haven't kept up yeah. with how he's been doing lately, but I think he just. Um, I think those other guys would, if, if in the moment to win, would have a little better shot. So. I, but so that's hard, man. But I'm gonna go with Paul Casey, just because. Although I like, I really, love, I love all those other nine guys to like to legit win. Yeah, I see what you're saying. You got you got to be able to close the deal, which he did just close the deal at the South Bar. Yeah. But we've not seen him do it in a major. Yeah. Yeah, but but again, I wouldn't be surprised if Paul Casey were to win this thing either. So, but yeah, yeah. But I'd go yeah. with Uncle Paul out of that that list. All right. So the last question is who who do you think will close? I feel my guy that I'm feeling really good about is Bubba Watson. Who is it? And Bubba Watson. Bubba Watson. Okay. I, I, so 
No, I mean, he's won twice this year, so obviously he's got his game back. Um, back where he, you know, back uh, whenever he got hot probably two years ago, three years ago, um, yeah. when he was playing, playing, contending a lot. But he's playing confidently, and this course is literally his dream. Like, just it's a shot maker's course. He can work it both ways. He's super creative, and that's honestly, that's kind of what gives me the kicker, is this guy's probably the most creative guy on tour, um, just as far as, like, how he plays the game. Like, he just, he's, he's one big ball of creativity. And so, like, yeah, I think it naturally fits his game. Um, but also he's playing really well at this time. So I think if you put both those together, um, that's that's what I'm, why I'm picking him to be my number one guy out of all the, the top contenders. I like it. I like it. Definitely playing well right now. And Augusta, obviously, yeah. uh, suits, him, suits him quite well. Thanks, George. We appreciate your time, man. Best of luck to, to you as well. And, uh, and Q School and all that coming up. And hopefully maybe we'll see you around Augusta. Appreciate you. I'll be there. All right. So um, it's been a minute. We've we, we've uh, we take we took a little break there, Pat. Just uh, let let the boys do their thing. Um, did you refill during that break? No, I did not. I need to though. Um, but rather rather interesting stuff there. So a little context there. I thought it was very interesting that Paul and Gino both picked a first timer as their sleeper in Xander Schauffele. And then they both faded Rory. Then Paul picks Justin Rose to win. Gino picks Tiger to win. Of course, I asked Paul some in-depth questions about Tiger. He, he was there when Tiger was running rampant on everybody, and now he's watching him again. So I thought that was good insight from Paul. And then, of course, George Bryan talks about his brother um, as the sleeper. And obviously, Wesley, we talked about the driver troubles, the change-up from hitting a cut to a draw. Um, and then he picked Casey as a fade and Bubba to win. So just some context there, just some context. We're, I'm not letting that influence my picks too much, but I, I did think it was valuable to the listener. Um, so anyway, so there you go. Now you were talking before we did that about Jason Day. So in the Millie Maker, as you're looking at the top, it sounds like Jason Day is a guy who you're you're gonna you're gonna roster. He is. I mean, I think, you know, he checks a box on me on, on you know, we talked, Ben talked about it in his article looking at par fours. I mean, bar, par four, birdie or better percentage. The guy's just been, I mean, obviously in great recent form, has played well here. I mean, he he's contended. And, and I just feel like he, he's more of a, it's not a gut play because Jason Day's never a gut play. And, you know, he's, he's always, he's just, he's an incredible golfer. But I have this feeling that he's just going to go a little bit lower owned compared to where some of these other guys right around him are. I mean, you look at it, he's sandwiched between Mickelson and Rory. Both guys coming in hot. You know, Mickelson coming off the victory in Mexico, Rory coming off the victory at the Honor Palmer. I mean, so those are going to be incredibly popular plays. Rory's always popular here. Mickelson's always popular here. So I feel like Day might come in, you know, when we're just talking about the Millie Maker, might come in a little bit under-owned on where he should be. So I do like him at that 9800 price. It's going to be interesting to see, like, with all these guys playing so well, how ownership gets spread out because you can't roster – you can't roster too many of these guys. Um, you can't roster them all. And, and that's where I do think the 9 and 8K range is going to get popular because people are just going to want to have as many of these guys as they can on their, on their, li- on their, on their roster. But it, it will be interesting to see. But as I'm like, let's look at, so FanshareSports.com was kind enough to send us their tag count um, as of tonight. 
kind of an early preview. And here are the top 10 most talked about guys. I'll start at one and I'll go down to 10. Most talked about guys so far through Sunday night. Okay. Justin Rose is number one. Jordan Spieth, Tiger, Bubba, DJ, Rory, Sergio, Justin Thomas, Phil, and Paul Casey. Interesting that your boy Jason Day is not mentioned. So I think you're I think you're right on there. I think Day is a little bit lost. He's like he's not quite the value of some of these guys in the 8K and he's you know, he's he's just not getting the noise that some of these guys above him uh, and around him are going to get. So I think I think you're right. I think Day could be a little bit lower owned. We'll see. Or maybe the t- the tour junkies factor in his ownership shoots through the roof. Who knows? So that's <laughs> or like Sam play. Saunders last week when I say player, there you go. his ownership probably went down. <laughs> um, I got I, I got I to say I'm going to eat a little chalk here. I I like Phil and I like Bubba. I like the way both of them are playing right now. The right to left ball flight, the creativity, the experience, um, the form, everything clicks. And I do think they are going to be chalky. But I do think, I don't think anybody in here, maybe except for Justin Rose, who does seem to be the clearly touted favorite yes. from everywhere. Um, I, I think Justin Rose may creep over 25% ownership in the Millie Maker, but I don't see a lot of these guys being being over the 20 mark. So, or maybe 20, you know, I, and I don't know. So, if I'm going to eat some chalk, I, I, that's fine. Like, if, if they're at 30%, 40%, I'm not going to do it. But I, Phil and Bubba, to me, are just too attractive to avoid in the Millie Maker. Um, so when I go balanced, I'm going to have, I'm going to have some Phil and Bubba combos. Um, other than that, I am going to go Justin Thomas. If you, if you paid attention, um, he was the eighth guy listed in the tags on Fanshare. You know, I hate to go with Justin Thomas here in the Millie Maker because I, I, I'm concerned about his putting at Augusta, but his ball striking is so good. He's been around a little bit. Um, he's had a couple years under his belt at Augusta. I, I just think he he can win here eventually. So I will have a little Justin Thomas exposure in the Millie Maker when I don't go balanced. And when I do have some Justin Thomas exposure, I'm going to pair him up with one of two guys, uh, and maybe even both. Uh, there's Actually, there's three guys right beside each other that I really like in the Millie. I think Sergio Garcia is going underrated under the radar. I think we could see a back-to-back winner. Sergio's in good form, just had the baby, feeling good about life, the, the weight off his shoulder. I, I think Sergio could win the Masters again. I, and I think it would be fitting for a guy who everyone talked about for decades, couldn't win the big one, could go back-to-back. I could see it happening. And then Tommy Fleetwood and Hideki Matsuyama, I think are another couple of forgotten guys right now they're popular df tommy fleetwood's a popular dfs guy but when you look at him and next to all these other guys i'm just not seeing the chatter on on fleetwood and the ball striking is there he hits the ball right to left um the the approach game the iron game is dialed in i i think fleetwood is interesting and hideki has a great track record here at augusta 
Um, I mean, finished 11th last year, 7th year before that, and 5th year before that. Now, Tommy played here the first time last year and missed the cut. You know, historically, that doesn't bode well for him. But I, I think Tommy has the game in the millie. I don't mind. Um, I don't mind Tommy Fleetwood. So that's kind of well, the approach. I, if he, I go balanced, I'm going Phil and Bubba, uh, you know, to start off. And if I go a little more, you know, if I, if I go grab one of these guys in the 10K, I'm going JT. And I'm going to have some combo with Garcia, Fleetwood, and Hideki. Well, you know, I think that. First off, I'll say this, you know, Hideki and Fleetwood, I'm totally with you on those two guys. I was surprised you said Hideki because I, I had him listed as one of the guys I wanted to talk about, and I thought you might give me some crap for that one. But I think Hideki is is definitely in play for the Millie Maker um, for all the reasons that you said, and then I'm on, I'm totally with you on Fleetwood. I mean, the guy is a ball-striking, strokes-gain approach, just machine. I mean, he... I know he missed a cut last year, like he said, but I think he's he's learned a lot, and, and I think he's probably going to make the biggest jump of anybody that's playing in their second year. Uh, going up to the top, though, I'm okay on JT. I can see why you might play him. I think there's an ownership reason for that, but I'm still going to go with Jordan Spieth, and that may be eating some chalk, but I, I'm going to play him in the Millie Maker. I mean, he's obviously just plays this course fantastic. What I saw from him, especially today, actually, you know, Sunday at the at the Houston Open, you know, he he drained that that par putt on the 18th hole. Just looks so confident on you know the bent grass, quick drink greens. I, I just think that that we're that we're going to see Spieth. You know, if we talk about the Millie Maker, you got to have the winner. He could be the winner. Okay, so that's what I like about Spieth. Now, DJ is is one we've not talked about. I'm probably going to fade DJ. I don't like, you know, he, he talks about how he loves to play that that natural fade. You know, at one time he had a draw, but when he really came on the scene and really started being the number one player in the world, which he is right now, you know, that's his more natural shot shape. Yes, he's had good finishes here, but I just don't think that I'm, I don't like that price for him. And so DJ is going to be a fade for me in the Millie Maker. Now it may not be that you know the case for for a cash game or something like that, but for the Millie Maker, I'm going to fade the top guy there. And um, so there you go. By the way, I wanted to comment on your player pool. I will not have that large a player pool. So for me, in uh, if I'm going to play ten lineups, twenty lineups, fifty lineups, which I'll probably have twenty or so in the Millie, I'm going to have a player pool of about. 17 or 18 guys i just think again you're talking about taking 89 automatically down to probably 69 guys when it comes to eliminating those 20 um i I don't want to have you know i don't i don't want to have nearly a third of the field in in my in my lineups just because i think it could kind of wash it could kind of wash everything out so if i'm doing that many lineups as difficult as it will be i'm you know, twenty lineups or less. I'm probably gonna have, I'm probably gonna have seventeen or eighteen players, and that's it. Um, yeah, I mean, I get that. I mean, I'd probably, I said twenty to twenty five. I'd, I'd probably be closer to the twenty, but you know, whatever. All right, well, <laughs> let, let's then let's go down. Let's go to the bottom. I, I want to look at the bottom. So, to me, just in terms of guys who you can even start to think about, like that, I'm not gonna be mad at you if. if you know, you're you're into the sixty six hundred dollar price tag. Um, you get to guys like Johnny Vegas, Billy Horschel, Wesley Bryan, Siwoo Kim, 
um, Austin Cook and Bern Wiesberger. You know, Wesley Bryan, uh, Austin Cook, both first-timers. We had George talk at length about Wesley's game here lately. Uh, in the Millie Maker, of the guys in that 66 to 60, let's, let's say 66 to 67. I don't want to get to the 6800s yet. But 66 to 6700, are you going to play anyone in those prices in the Millie Maker? The only one that 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 I really like, and that you didn't, so just sixty six and sixty seven hundred, I think is going to be Johnny Vegas. That's that's really the okay. only guy right there that I, I think is a, is a is a pretty good play. Uh, now look, he played here for the first time last year and missed the cut. Um, that's all right. We've talked about that with like Fleetwood. So you're out um, on Wesley Bryan then after George tried to convince us. Yeah, I'm, I'm still. I just don't know. I mean, I yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I just don't see it. Um, also, another first timer. You know, Vegas. You know, it, it has played fairly well this year. You know, he's had he, he's sort of been up and down. But I mean, you know, we're talking about sixty six and sixty seven hundred here. There, there's not a whole lot of plays that you can really make. For me, Vegas is the safest of all those guys, and none of them are safe. By the way, that's a terrible way to describe it, but none of them are safe. Yeah, I think I'm out on this whole bunch. I'm not playing any of them in the Millie Maker, which means I'm li- I'm not playing them anywhere. Like if I'm not playing these guys in the Millie Maker when ownership's a big deal, I just I'm not. Gonna, they're not going to be in there. So I'm out. Yeah, on and all. I agree. I think this is a this is a um, the sixty eight hundred dollar range spot. is when it starts to starts to get starts to get interesting. All right, so let's look at sixty eight hundred. Because I, I, we talked about where we're starting lineups, so I want to kind of talk about where, you know as low as we'll go, and then we'll fill in the middle here for the Millie. You got Jimmy Walker, Jason Duffner, Weisberger, Stanley, and Danny Willett. Um, who in here are you looking at, Pat? I, I got a feeling you like at least one or one of these guys. I think Jimmy Walker's a play here. I mean, you look at a guy who's who's had four straight, you know, made cuts here. You know, was top ten in 2014, top 20 last year. Has gained 15 strokes on the field in the last those last four years. A guy who's coming around, he's playing better lately. I think he's a sneaky play. As a matter of fact, I'm I'm going to talk about him on the on the betting show. I think there's there's a few bets on him that I think are are good plays. So Walker is is really the guy for me right here. And there's not anything else. I mean, he's 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 my main guy right here. And I'm not going to play Duffner. Duffner always disappoints me at the National. I, I mean, he's a great ball striker. He's he's had decent finishes here, but then also he'll just just crap the bed and not do. I, I just don't see how you can play Duff this week. So he will not be even anybody that I'm going to look at. Nor will Willett, who's just been horrible lately. So Yeah, again, when you're talking Millie Maker, we got to remember the perspective here. You want all six guys finishing in the top ten. Can, can, they, can they finish in the top ten? What's the likelihood of them finishing in the top ten? And I think a guy like Willett with his form, Weisberger, eh. Um, Stanley I don't think has the length. Duffner, you're right, has proven he can't really – he. he, he in five years, uh, he's lost six and a half strokes at Augusta National in the last five years. His best finish was a top 20, and that was five years ago. So I think Jimmy Walker is the play, and I do think he'll be a little popular. I think people are already kind of looking at him. 
obviously he's battled a Lyme disease issue and and he's had some energy loss and whatever but he seems to have kind of started coming back I've been watching his Instagram account closely which is something he he gets on there and posts (laughs) every now and then and he seems to be grooving it a little better but you know whereas Duffner's lost six and a half strokes in the last five years Walker's gained 15 I mean his he's played the Masters four times and he's finished eighth 38th, 29th, and 18th. So I think he's got the distance. He definitely has the distance. He has the familiarity at Augusta. He has the, uh, you know, if the putter gets warm, he can do it. So I think he's interesting in the Millie. I'm not afraid to roster him in the Millie Maker whatsoever. So uh, in the $6,900 range, it, it continues to get interesting. You got a couple of good names here. Bryson DeChambeau, Brennan Steele, Kevin Chappell, Martin Keimer, and Pat Perez. Who are the boys in here you're going to play? Because I'm sure there's at least two in here you're going to play. Well, I think Chappell is a good play, but I almost like him more from a cash standpoint. I think from from the the Millie Maker, I, I'm I'm a little worried that his ownership might be a little too high for me because he does check a lot of boxes. I mean, off the tee. Um, ball striking he's you know number three in the field over the last 24 rounds uh, this is you know DraftKings scoring all of that I mean Chapel's a, a good play here but I, I'm a little bit worried about him for the Millie Maker my favorite guy actually my two favorite guys here are gonna even though I freaking hate playing them Bryson DeChambeau at 6900 I think is a is a really good play he checks a box in par five birdie or better percentage which we know this is this is a course you've got to score on those par fives and you know he's you know strokes gained off the tee ball striking all of that kind of stuff he's in the top 10 in the field so I feel like he is a, a pretty good play here. I'll be interested I, I know he's a popular guy too so I'll be you know the ownership is going to be key for him but pat perez it's 6900 maybe my favorite guy here he checks about he's in the top 10 in the field in scrambling he's in the top five in putting which we know is going to be key this week so and then also you look at par four birdie or better percentage i mentioned that as being a a, a good stat that we want to look at so pat perez at 6900 he finished top you know 18th last year a guy that always seems to fly under the radar, just a laid-back dude. You know, I don't think, you know, no moment is too big for him. And, and so, for for me, I mentioned all all three of those guys. I like them here, but Perez is my favorite for the Millie Maker. Yeah, I, I, I don't think you can go wrong. I'm not going to be mad at you for playing DeChambeau, Steele, Perez, or Chapel, even in the Millie Maker. I do think Chapel's getting getting talked up. Um, I'm out on Martin Keimer. I, I know he had a good finish last year. He finished 16th, but typically just doesn't. Martin Keimer's not a great chipper. He's not great around the green. He is a great ball striker. I just don't see it here at Augusta, though, so I, I can't put him in a Millie Maker lineup. If you want to roll with him in another GPP, a smaller GPP, that's fine. I think his upside is is maybe a tie for 15th or something like he did last year. But um, th- I can't really be upset at you for, for any of these. I do think DeChambeau is going to be your lowest-owned guy. I think it, – well, him and Keimer, but of the – of the four that I'm okay playing, I think DeChambeau's your lowest owned guy. And yeah, in the last 12 weeks, he's fifth in distance, ninth in strokes gained around the green, and 21st in strokes gained approach. So, you know, he finished 21st year two years ago. 
Um, I saw him out there today. I was actually at the drive, chip, and putt today, and he was out there grinding and working on his game. I, I think that, you know, it's interesting. I, I don't. I think top 10 upside is a push. I don't think he can win. That's the problem. I don't think DeChambeau can win. But I do think he could finish top 10. So for that reason, at 6,900, I'm okay with that. Um, I really like Brendan Steele. He's 10th in driving distance over the last 12 weeks, and he's 16th in three-putt avoidance, which is something I kind of looked at a little bit, um, just being able to lag putt it around. So I kind of like Brendan Steele. Um, okay. All right, let's, let's, that's kind of the lower range. Let's go back. Give me, give me some other guys. Just let's round it out in the Millie Maker. Who are some other core plays for you in the Millie Maker? And let's let's button up the Millie. Well, I definitely think we got to talk about Xander Shoffley since we had yeah, two yeah. of the the caddies that you know, mentioned him. I mean, that's that was I think the biggest piece of information that I took out of those 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 interviews. Uh, he's a guy that's obviously been playing extremely well. You know his. Um, checks the box on strokes gained off the tee. His ball striking is really good. He's a he's a you know a, a, a pretty good putter, and you know like we've heard, I mean he's a guy that you know can hit that that ball right to left. He's a, super aggressive, which you've got to be out on this course. And so I'm that I I don't think I was thinking about Xander until those interviews and that's that's huge to me so he's going to be a guy that i think for the millie maker even though he's a first timer will definitely be in play for me also tony finau no no yes. no no all right first disagreement on the podcast can't buy it no putting can't buy it the putting is the key for him yes i know it's not as oh. good but he he does he scrambles He's, you know, he's good at ball striking. Yeah, he, he chips it to six feet and then two putts. Well, I'm going to bank on him putting well this week. And I think that, I think that they're, you know. I'm a fade on Finau. He's number five in greens and regu- regulation. He's number one in the field in driving distance, which you mentioned yourself and I mentioned is, is key this week. So all he's got to do is just put, it, put together four rounds of putting. He can do that. He's a world-class player. 7400 I think that's a good price for him. So I, I'm, okay, I'm okay with some Tony Finau this week. I'm a fan of Russell Henley. I think he's played he, – I mean, he has played well here in the past. Um, you know, finished 11th last year in good form, just played well again in Houston. Has enough distance, and his short game is amazing. Um, so I like, I like a little Russell Henley. I'm going to get in on Gary Woodland. And it's tough for me to get mad at you about Finau not being able to putt and then going for Gary Woodland. But I think <laughs> Finau's putting is different this year. Something is different. I mean, Woodland's putting is different this year. There's just He's improved, and he is a bomber. This should be a course that should suit him so, so well. And I think a lot of people are going to be off him because he's missed the cut his last two attempts at Augusta National. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm interested on a little Gary Woodland. Other than that, I agree with you on Xander. I think Paul Tesori, Gino, they, they kind of flipped me a little bit on Xander. In the Millie, I, I had another conversation with another caddy to, rename, to remain nameless who mentioned Brian Harmon, another lefty. Um, so I'm going to have a little Brian Harmon exposure, and I'm going to have a little Patrick Reed exposure. Right to left ball flight, great scrambler, in good form, hasn't been great at Augusta 
Um, you know, best finish here is tied for 22nd, missed the cut last year. Again, in terms of Millie Maker, I can get Patrick Reed likely sub 7 8%. Um, and with the form uh, and the scrambling ability, uh, you know, he's actually in the last 12 weeks, listen to this, in the last 12 weeks, he's 10th in strokes gained approach and 2nd in strokes gained around the green. Um, so I like little Patrick Reed. After that, I'm going to go Alex Norin. I just think the guy's been playing so, so, so well. Played here for the first time last year and like Tommy Fleetwood, missed the cut. But great ball striker. I think there's top 10, top 5 upside for Alex Norin, even coming off a miscut last year at Augusta National. So in the Millie Maker, those are, those are some other pivot plays there. I'm, I, I'm with you on Norin, too. And he's top 10 in the field in strokes gained putting over the last 12 rounds. So obviously putting well. Uh, I, I'm totally with you on him. I think he's going to, you know, if you're just looking at – and. and Again, we love course history, but and he missed a cut his first time last year. But I think a lot of guys coming off just their first time and missing a cut, they learn so much. And I've mentioned that already. And, and so I think he's a guy that it's just hard to ignore at 8,100. Um, by the way, just to tell you this, if you're looking over the last 12 rounds at strokes gained putting, everybody always talks about Adam Hadwin as an incredible putter. Well, he is 49th in the field. Tony Finau is 59th in the field. So, you know, just, <laughs> there just you a go. little food for thought there. Yeah, there you go. Because you know what? A lot of people are going to be on Adam Hadwin this week because they, they talk about how great his putting is. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let, let's talk about this, though. Before we move on to other GPPs and cash, Tiger Woods. You know, Paul Tesori, I asked him about Tiger. You know, Paul mentioned that he thinks Tiger will be just fine getting around with the three wood. That that he can he can hit less drivers here, um, and obviously he's been in phenomenal form. Everybody's going to want to know what Tiger's going to do. Man, I, I just I think in the Millie Maker he's a fade for me just based on ownership alone. I, I don't. Would it shock me if Tiger won? Absolutely not. Do I think he's going to win? Like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not picking him to win. I don't have any bets on him to win. He's not my one and done. So um, there you go. I, I, I just, I, I, I don't know. So he's a fade for me in the Millie Maker. Um, we'll talk about him for other contests. I think he's gonna do well. I think he's gonna. I, I think he's gonna top fifteen. Um, it wouldn't shock me if he's in the hunt on Sunday in top fives. But for the Millie Maker purpose, it's a highly public contest. You're going to have a lot of people who just get in it this this time of year. And the public money is going to go on Tiger Woods. So his ownership could be high. It could be up there with Justin Rose. I, I'm just not going to have any exposure. So I, th- I think we'd be, we, we'd be doing the listeners a disservice if we didn't talk Tiger. So do you agree on that with Tiger or you, you disagree? No, I mean Tiger is is I'm not going to play him in the Millie Maker. Um, I just, yeah, he could surprise us. There's so many things to worry about with him. There's so much promise we've seen with him, but I'm just I think his ownership's just going to be way too high. Everybody that's new to this is going to want to play him. Uh, being his first tournament back, you know, or first Masters back in a, in a long time. So, 
Yeah, I'm telling. Now there are some formats that we're we're going to talk about that I do think he actually might be a decent play, or I may hedge a little bit by you know coming off of DraftKings if I'm playing some somebody different like fantasy draft. I may play some Tiger Woods just to have some of them because here's the thing: we talk about this all the time. You know, sometimes you just want to you want to play guys that you like and you root for, and he's a guy that I, I like to root for. So I, I I may throw him in some lineups, sure, but but not on not on DraftKings this week for me. All right, let's talk about some other some GPP alternatives on DraftKings. I I've got three specifically I want to talk about, Pat. But just for you know, casual to intermediate players on DraftKings, if you if you heard us talk about the Millie Maker and your odds there and what you have to do to really make some money, and you're like, yeah, yeah, boys, you might have talked me out of spending a little money there. I might want to move it somewhere else. Um, I'm a big fan of single entry contest and three max entry contest. It allows you to kind of eliminate some of the edge that these mass entry players get when they when they're buying 150 entries into a contest. Uh, there's a hundred dollar single entry that I like. Um, that's there's there's 333 entrants. There's a thirty three dollar three max entry with about eighteen thousand entrants, and then there's always the albatross, which is the twelve dollar single entry, and there's about ninety eight hundred entrants on that one. In those contests, there's smaller GPPs, Pat. You don't have to be as perfect, you know. You, you you still have to get all six of your guys through the cut. That is no doubt in every con- even in cash this week. You're going to need to get six of six through. So you still have to have that, but you can get a little a little more chalky here in these contests because you don't have to be as perfect. So for me, I want to give you a couple guys, and some of these guys I've already mentioned. Um, that I liked in the Millie Maker. But here's some guys that I'm looking at for, for those smaller GPP contests. I still like a lot of Phil and a lot of Bubba. I mentioned those guys. I still like Sergio, Fleetwood, and Hideki. I mentioned those guys. I still like Norin. Um, I like a little Paul Casey there. I, I'm concerned about Casey's ability to win a major. We just saw him win his first event in like five years a couple weeks ago. So for the Millie Maker, as chalky as he's going to be and likely not going to win, I, I'm, I'm not as big on him. But in these smaller GPPs, I like Paul Casey. Great ball striker, incredible record at Augusta. I mean, last year finished sixth, the year before finished fourth, and the year before finished sixth. Incredible round, you know, uh, record at Augusta. Has all the tools. So those are some higher-end guys. In the lower end range, um, I'm back on Russell Henley a, a fair amount there. I think he's going to be overlooked. I think a lot of people are going to go Chapel, Perez, Steele there. I love Charlie Hoffman, who came out blazing last year in the first round, if you remember, just like he was going to run away with it, and then we all knew he was just going to collapse. But I think Hoffman's a good play in a smaller in a smaller GPP. Woodland is another good play on a smaller GPP. And then finally, a guy I feel really good about, uh, Louis Oosthuizen. I think Louis Oosthuizen is a fantastic play. Three top 25s in his last four attempts at Augusta National. Has the length, has the distance, has the experience here. Um, could actually win this golf tournament. And I think you'll get him at a fairly low ownership. And you won't have to be as perfect in those GPPs. Is there anybody else, Pat, that you didn't mention um, that you would throw into that smaller GPP category? Well, damn, man! I was uh, I was kind of hoping you were going to leave off uh, Louis Oosthuizen because oh, he is definitely one of my favorite plays. When you look at, when you look at these smaller GPPs, I, I love him. I think that 
for all the reasons that you said, I think that I will definitely have him here. Um, I don't think you mentioned Ricky though. I didn't mention I, I Ricky. Did, no, I do like Ricky in this in in the smaller GPPs. I, you know, I think he's this is a tournament that he can win. He's obviously shown that he can contend here, and just you know, on Sunday last year, just sort of just didn't have a great day, but he's been playing well. Um, so I, I like Ricky in this format. Um, Ryan Moore Bluff. down near that that, that lower tier. It's seven thousand on DraftKings. I think he could be a good play. You look at strokes gained around the green, approach, ball striking, uh, you know, all of those. He he definitely checks the box there. So I think Ryan Moore, and he's he's always. This is a course that he can play well. You know, this is this is one of those courses that. You know, you look at it, I mean... Finished ninth last year. He was ninth yeah. last year. He missed a cut the year before that. Then a top 12 the year, you know, in 2015. So it's going to be hit or miss for him. But I, I like his, his ability on this course. I think it's one of those that suits his eye. So, and it's, he's cheap at 7,000, and I think he'll be low owned. So there you go. That's, that's, those, are, those are my guys. Totally with you. Love Usti. Fleetwood's going to be another one that I'm going to play again, and then also Day. Just like I said, the Millie Maker, he, I, you've got to you've got to look at him in this format too. All right, let's talk cash. Let's talk some cash staples. You know, a lot of these guys, man. I mean, cash lineups. You can just go a lot of different directions here. Like I mentioned, you you are going to have to have six of six through and most double ups and fifty fifties. Um, on DraftKings, there's a $50 double up with 340 entrants. There's a $25 double up with 1149 And there's a $25 single entry double up with about 2300 entrants. So again, a lot less entrance means you don't have to be as perfect. But I do think you're going to need six of six through the cut no matter what. So I'm... I'm you know, I, I'm I'm still in on Phil, on Bubba. I really like Hideki in cash. I think Hideki is a great play in cash. Um, and I another guy who I like in cash that we have not mentioned, because I'm not a big fan of him in GPPs. I think he's a great price. He does have a great record at Augusta. But I'm going to avoid him in GPPs for, for some of the popularity reasons. Um, Can and I we, guess? Okay, sure. Go ahead. Kucher. Yes. Yes. Matt I, knew Kucher. I, I knew that's what I were do going. think in cash, you know, Kucher and Hideki. I mean, you know, and then you go Bubba, you still have a lot of money to play with in cash. I just think in cash, it doesn't make a lot of sense to uh, to get too cute. Like, I'm likely not going to go. I'm not going to go below Matt Kucher in cash, more than likely. I just think you're getting. You just I don't I just don't think you need to. There's so much value in the 8K and, and low 9K range where you're looking at just getting six cut makers through. I think that's what you do. I, I don't I don't think you have to go studs and duds in cash, especially in those contests I just mentioned. I mean the the fifty dollar double up, three hundred and forty entrants. I mean you just gotta finish in the top half of that. You're not gonna have to get too cute. So that's that, those are some cash staples for me. Anything different for you before we move on to fantasy draft? Yeah, no, I agree. I think Cooch is, is definitely in play for cash. I don't like him at all in tournaments. Paul Casey, I think, is also a good cash play. You know, I, I, and I, I do like him in some tournaments also, but he's just, you know, where he's priced it, to me is just, you know, great for cash. Mickelson and Rose are huge cash plays. They're going to be staples in the cash games for me. 
Nice. All right, so that's DraftKings. Let's get to Fantasy Draft, Pat. Um, we love the game at Fantasy Draft, and, and I would encourage you guys to, to move some money over there because here's the deal. You know, DraftKings has done some shady stuff. Let's just put it that way. You know, it's a good game over there. It's a good experience, but they've done some shady stuff. So if you want to move some money over to Fantasy Draft, you should. Um, and there you go. But Dr- Fantasy Draft has the, the $25 GPP, the tour card, 1,149 entries, lower rake, by the way, over on Fantasy Draft. So they take less of your money. Um, and, and the game is basically you pick seven golfers and they drop the lowest scoring golfer off of every team. So, you know, we have seen it happen. I almost took down a GPP a few weeks ago and had all seven guys make the cut. And the guy who beat me had one guy withdraw beforehand and another guy missed the cut and still beat me. So it's the beauty of fantasy draft is you can lose a guy to the cut and still come out winning it's it's pretty interesting it's a great format over there so in thinking about the tour card specifically pat 25 dollars entry 1149 entrance so again you're not going to have to be perfect in this one this is similar to the the DraftKings smaller gpps um you're not going to have to be flawless in your pick i do think you're going to need to have you know, at least six guys make the cut to really give a run at it, and you're 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 going to need to have the winner. So, in thinking about that, Pat, as you look at the pricing on on Fantasy Draft, who at the top tickles your fancy on Fantasy Draft? Well, I think that you know, looking at these guys at the top, um, w- the first thought I have is where Rory is. I mean, you look at him; he's at seventeen six. Yeah. He is the number number one price guy on fantasy draft whereas he's a number five price guy on DraftKings. Um then you had Tiger who's uh he's who's, seventh. Let's see. In, in, yeah he's seventh. Sixteen five. He's the seventh price guy on, on fantasy draft and obviously the fourth price guy on DraftKings. So um you know Rory's a guy that uh, uh, I like but I'm gonna fade him in this in the in the tour card. I, I just don't want to pay that much for him. Um, he's just uh, always a guy that f- I always pick him wrong anyway. So there's a little personal thing there with him, but um, so I'm not going to play him. I, I think uh, you know again I like Jordan Spieth. You know, at sixteen eight, the fifth highest price guys here guy here. I think he's he's going to be a good play, and I may play. Now I mentioned Justin Thomas. I, I may actually though play him here, even though he's he's the second. Pr- well, he's just right along with the DraftKings. He's the second price highest price guy, but. Because I'm not going to play him on DraftKings, I think I am going to play him on some Fantasy Draft. And then you look at Tiger Woods. He's the guy I will play on Fantasy Draft. I want to, I want to have him in some lineups, and so I'm, I just want to play him. So that's what I'm going to do. And you can't stop me. Yeah, and see, that's where I think. I mean, Fantasy Draft did a good job pricing him down there. I think a lot of people are going to like playing him here. I'm avoiding him here as well. So for me, it's still Justin Thomas. I, I I, with pricing tending to be a little more accurate in terms of like against Vegas odds on fantasy draft, I think people automatically lean a little more balanced on fantasy draft. So the contrarian play is to go a, a little a little higher. Um, but like the Millie Maker, I'm going to do a little bit of both. I'm going to have some balanced lineups in the tour card. And I'm going to have some guys that are more studs and duds. When I do the studs and duds, I'm going Justin Thomas. Uh, I'm going to keep that player pool limited here as well likely to about still about 16 17 guys justin thomas is going to be there 
I think I'm actually going to fade Bubba on Fantasy Draft. He's a little pricier on Fantasy Draft. I'm going back to Day. I, I like I like JT Day and John Rom on Fantasy Draft. I'm not really playing a lot wow. of him on DK, but on Fantasy Draft, those are those are a few guys that I'm digging near the top. Uh, and I think those are those are some contrarian plays. So yeah, uh, and I think you know, and we we talk Sergio and Hideki, you know, on DraftKings at fifteen six. On fantasy draft for Sergio, and then fifteen two for Hideki. I, I like both of those in the tour card. Uh, you know, again, I'll Sergio's probably strictly be Hideki here. I, I don't think yeah. I'm going any Sergio or Fleetwood here. I think I'm just going to go. I, I just straight feel like to Sergio across the board is just going to go. You know, people just don't like a guy playing the back. You know, That's a guy true. that can yeah. maybe be a back to back champ, and it, it's the same whatever format you're on. So. I think that, that they're both good plays here. Um, I love oh, Reed. Man. I love Reed and Oosthuizen, uh here as well. I'll be playing those guys. Um, I probably won't. I don't know. I probably won't mess with a whole lot of Xander here. I think I'd rather play him in higher entry contest um, and take the chance there. I, I just don't think I have to get that cute here. Um, so I probably won't have a whole lot of those guys. Near the bottom, um, I don't know. I, I, Chapel, I'll probably have Henley. I love at twelve thousand. Um, I like Henley a lot at twelve. I'll, I'll play Jimmy Walker at eleven nine. Brennan Steele at eleven eight. Like those guys a lot down there. Um, th- that's as low as I'm going to go. Is likely Brennan Steele. Only eleven hundred plus entries. You don't have to be perfect. So, um, I don't, and I might play a little Cam Smith. I, we don't have Cam Smith priced. Uh, we don't have Cam Smith priced on DraftKings yet as of recording this show. But I, I do think Cam. He hits the ball long enough. He's a great scrambler. He did play here last year for the first time. Finished fifty fifth. Actually, not last year in twenty sixteen. Um, finished fifty fifth. You know, but that was the first time. So. But I could, I could, I could see rostering a little Cam Smith, uh, actually. Of the guys yeah. who are yet to be added to the field, so uh, especially in DraftKings, like Fratelli, I'm not going to play. It's his first time. I'm not interested. Shez Reeves played here three times and missed the cut all three times. I don't think he has the length. Um, so Cam Smith is probably it for me. I might play a Poulter on Fantasy Draft. I don't know. It depends on where he ends up. I'm surprised. I think Kira Deck Barnrat could be a good play at twenty at twelve six. Hmm. You know, he played here in 2016, which was his first time, I believe, and he finished top fifteen. Yeah, for his first time. Yeah, and he didn't he didn't play this event last year. Um, I think I think he could be an interesting play right there. And twelve six is a really good price for a guy that who's been also playing well lately. Yeah, he has know? been playing well. So I, I think that's a, that could be a good play if you're looking for a cheap guy to fit some of those, those other higher-priced guys in your lineup. You know, I think just friend of the podcast, friend of ours, Kevin Kisner. I think the people would want to know our thoughts on Kevin Kisner, Pat. He's at 12-6 on, uh, on Fantasy Draft. Uh, he's at 7,200 on DraftKings. Any thoughts on old Kiz? What are, what are you thinking? Well, you know, he's shown in, in the two times he's played here that he's obviously going to make the cut. 
I think that's something that's that, that he just grinds out and 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 is going to make the cut here. But he's never really scored all that well. You know, he just hasn't he he hasn't shown up and, and been in contention here at all. It hasn't been close. I mean, yeah, he made the cut, but that's about it. That's all he's done. Um, I, I don't like his length here. Uh, now I do. I love his putting. I, I think that that's obviously the you know what is that's his bread and butter. Um, but it's just not. I don't know. I'm just not a big fan of playing him this week. I just don't think you're going to get the scoring out of him on the par fives, and, and I don't think. Um, I don't think he's going to be a guy that's you know going to going to be winning you money this week. I mean that's just that's just my thoughts on Kiz. He hits the ball right to left, which I like. He scrambles. Yeah, he can do that. He's but... an elite scrambler, elite putter. Um, in terms of the long haul, he's not done that lately though. He he just hasn't done it lately. If you look in the last twelve weeks, he's sixty sixth in strokes gained approach in this field. 70th in distance, 70th in strokes gained around the green, which is the thing he's always done well at, and 52nd in a stat like three-putt avoidance. So I, I don't know that we're really seeing him in peak Kisner form. I know he played well at the match play, made it to the finals, but I, I, the match play is such a toss-up. I don't know. I, I don't see it. I do think that one of these days Kisner can play the Augusta National well and 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 possibly contend because of the ball flight, the scrambling, and the short game. I think it can happen, even without even without the distance. Um, I think it can happen. I don't know that this is the year. I don't know that he's in the right form, and I don't know that he's he's done it. I, I don't. I just don't know. But um, so for that reason, I'm out this year. So. There you go. Um, anybody else here that we just really need to talk about that we haven't? I guess, I guess not, man. I think, uh, I think that about does it. I think, yeah. I mean, that's that's all I got for fantasy draft. Well, you know, here's the thing. Um, we gave you a lot of we gave you a lot of information. I definitely think in a field like this, short field. We wanted to break it down by contest because it does. It's not. It's not a one size fits all. You you can't play some of these guys in the Millie Maker for cash and for sh- these smaller GPPs. The Millie Maker being so large is such a different contest. It's just. It's like a different format. So we wanted to deliver the picks in that way. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Be sure and check out the betting podcast. The one and dones will be there. The alternate formats, um, the other two interviews, our guest picks. You really want to hear Jason Sobel and John Yarborough, PJ Tour caddy. You want to hear what they have to say. You will be interested, I believe. So if you want to check that out, go read the article on tourjunkies.com that Ben Little just wrote over on One Groove Low. And be sure and subscribe to the Chalk Bomb article if you have not already. You need to go to tourjunkies.com, contact us, fill out the contact form saying you want the chalk bomb, and you are in. Man, I am pumped. It is Masters Week. There is not a better week of the year, Pat, and I, I've, I greatly look forward to this. And uh, I just hope your screens are green, Pat, and I hope my screens are green, and I hope our listeners' screens are green. That's what I hope. Uh, yes. Everybody's screens this week got to be green. Love it. Man, I cannot wait. Here we go. Best week of the year. Best week of the year. Let's go refill the podcast juice and uh, knock out a, a betting pod. How about that? Boom. All right, let's do it. See you. Oh.
What if a nursing college cared for its students the same way nurses cared for their patients? What if the focus was on keeping students in, not weeding them out? What would happen? Something extraordinary. Join us, and together we can make a difference. Chamberlain University College of Nursing. Extraordinary care, extraordinary nurses. Attend an open house at Chamberlain's Jacksonville campus Tuesday, April 3rd, anytime between 3.30 and 5.30 p.m. Register now at chamberlain.edu. What if a nursing college cared for its students the same way nurses cared for their patients? What if the focus was on keeping students in, not weeding them out? What would happen? Something extraordinary. Join us, and together we can make a difference. Chamberlain University College of Nursing. Extraordinary care, extraordinary nurses. Attend an open house at Chamberlain's Jacksonville campus Tuesday, April 3rd, anytime between 3.30 and 5.30 p.m. Register now at chamberlain.edu. Lowe's knows you'll do it right to find the right gifts for Dad this Father's Day. We do it right, too, with deals that'll make Dad as proud as his perfectly seared steak and his perfectly manicured lawn. Now get a Charbroil 4-Burner Advantage Series gas grill for just $169 and pick up your choice of Craftsman gas or electric string trimmer for only $99 each. Make this Father's Day his best one yet. And do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Charbroil offer valid through 612. Craftsman offer valid through 619 U.S. only. Pros do it right by relying on trusted brands because your reputation depends on it. Lowe's is here to help by having more of those brands in stock like DeWalt. So when you need a DeWalt tool fast, you know where to go and where to save. Because we stock the largest in-store selection of DeWalt power tools and accessories of any national retailer. And now you can save $100 on a DeWalt XR2 Tool 20-volt Max Brushless Power Tool Combo Kit featuring a drill and impact driver for just $289. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offer valid through 616 U.S. only. 